Hi, this is Jesse Keller with the Lakeland Emergency Medicine Podcast. Today's show is going to be by Robert Nolan and Alex Spiewak, and they're going to talk to you about communication with consults. Yeah, this is Dr. Nolan. Hi, my name is Alex Spiewak. I'm an ER resident. I have um, a patient here in the ER. Um, they're in bed seven. Uh, their name is John. Great. What, what do you want? He He's a... Um, 57-year-old guy. He has a, a history of uh, di- diabetes. Um, yeah, that's great. I, I got to go in for a case. What do you, what do you want? Um, so he, he came in because he was having some abdominal pain, and so we got some lab work on him. Um, like his, I told you, I got to go to the OR. What do you want? So, yeah, he his, his exam, he's got some tenderness in his abdomen um, in the right lower quadrant. Um, so we got some labs. Hey, his, look, Dr. Spiewak, when his, you figure out what you want me to do, you give me a call back, all right? I'm going to be in the operating room. Yeah, if you could put... If, hello. Have you ever come across a situation such as this where you've been on the phone trying to get a consultant to do something and you're just not meeting anywhere? You can't get across what we're doing. What we're going to discuss today are some strategies that you can use on your next shift to make sure that communication is fluid between you and the person you're trying to talk to on the phone so that you can negotiate what you want for your patient, where you want it, and when you want it to happen. I want to introduce Alex Spiewak. He is one of our second-year residents here at our Lakeland Hospital. He had an encounter recently that we tape-recorded but unfortunately will not play for you just for privacy reasons between a consultant who was dropping the F-bomb right and left and was exceptionally hostile. And listening to this case, Alex did a phenomenal job diffusing the situation, negotiating a very reluctant consultant to get what he needed for his patient so the patient could get excellent care. After this encounter, I thought it would be great for Alex and I to sit down and discuss how is it that he can do such a great job in discussing these type of cases with consultants and what strategies he can give people so that tomorrow they can have similar success. Alex, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So what what kind of strategies do you employ when you're talking to a consultant? What do you want to get out first? I think... Um Part of the thing is knowing what kind of consultant you're talking to. If you're talking to a hospitalist, if you're talking to a general surgeon, a cardiologist, um, they're all looking for specific information from you about that patient. And uh, I think having some awareness of what that specialist is going to be looking for uh, is going to make your life a lot easier. The general surgeon is going to want to know exactly what surgical problem they have. So if they have an appendicitis, let them know that immediately. Um, that prepares them for what they're going to have to be doing and what information they're going to be looking for in that patient. Um, you know, if you have a cardiologist, their cardiac history, when they had stents put in, who put the stents, um, what kind of medicines are on specifically. Um, you want to know your specialist and what kind of information they need for that specific patient. Great. So the opening first couple statements that you're going to make to that specialist is really critical to get their attention. What what do you really look for in terms of what you want to get out in those first two sentences? Are you, are you trying to give them more history? Are you trying to ask them, you know, what direction you want your patient to go? How do you strategize that? So again, it depends on the specialist. If you're talking to the hospitalist, I think um, they're more interested in the whole history of present illness, what kind of medical problems they have, um, you know, what you found on your exam, all of the labs that you ordered, your results or imaging, 
Um, when you're talking with a general surgeon, it's really getting to the point of I have this patient here, they have this problem, they last eight here, I think they need to go to the OR, or I think you need to come see them here in the ER and see what you think of them. Um, that's that's going to kind of direct what strategy you have for when you're talking to them. So it sounds like you're kind of breaking this down between proceduralists and non-proceduralists. The proceduralists want to know what is it that you want them to do. So you call up your general surgeon and you say, hey, I need you to take this patient to the operating room for an appendectomy or for a small bowel obstruction. A generalist or a hospitalist, you're saying, here's this, the problems that I need you to deal with and leaving them more open to how do you want to approach this? Do you, do you broach the topic of admission versus non-admission early on in your conversation or do you allow your consultant to decide what they want to do? In order to do a, a good job of getting the end goal that you want, um, you have to have a strategy up front. So if you know that this is a patient you're looking to admit, then you kind of want to come on strong from the get-go of this is a patient I want to come into the hospital. Um, but we all have those cases where it's sort of an in-betweener that it's a patient that has some sort of other outstanding complications or uh, social issues that are going to lead to difficulty in dispoing this patient, where you can open that as more of a discussion of, hey, what do you think we can do with this patient? Excellent. So it sounds like you actually do some prep time before you make this call to know where you want this patient to go. You've decided if it's an important admission up front, hey, I want this admitted. If it's one that you're kind of in that negotiation or information gathering stage, you're kind of looking for that. But you've decided before you even made that phone call what direction you want to go. Excellent. So I want to get back to that case that we talked about earlier on. What do you do with the, the hostile um, consultant? It could be two in the morning, they don't want to be woken up, and they're just at no no matter what happens. Yeah, so that happens um, pretty regularly. I think first and foremost... It's important to keep your cool and not get upset back to them. You know, you're calling someone who's sleeping, who has to go to the OR tomorrow morning and be up at 5 a.m. and go around on patients or, you know, everyone has their life outside the hospital. Nobody wants to get called in the middle of the night. And realistically, you don't want to call them either. Um, but when you have someone who's getting upset with you, pushing you in a direction that, you know, this conversation doesn't want to go, I think you need to bring it back to whatever is best for the patient and say, you know, listen, I, I think that this patient has X or, or Y um, potential complication. I'd like to get them admitted and make it all about what you think is best for the patient and for the patient's safety, then you'll probably do the best thing for the patient. Outstanding. So Dr. Spiewak, I'm sure you've been put in the situation where you have two specialists that are trying to not admit the patient that might agree that the patient needs to be admitted, but they want the other service to take care of it. What strategies do you employ to help diffuse that situation when you have the disagreement between the two specialists? Yeah, unfortunately, as a ER resident or ER doctor, that's a situation we find ourselves in all the time, getting caught in the middle. I think first and foremost, you need to bring it back to whatever's best for the patient, um, whatever's safest for the patient. Um, one thing is also to avoid getting caught in the middle is if you have two specialists um, saying, you know, talk to the other one, is having them talk to each other. Ultimately, um, communication is key um, for getting the best outcome for the patient. And when you're having more direct communication between two different specialists that kind of have two different ideas of which direction the patient can go, then um, 
you know, we can coordinate that and have them talk with each other and then come up with a plan together so that the patient gets the best care possible. Outstanding advice. This concludes the Lakeland Emergency Medicine Podcast. Thanks again to Rob and Alex for tackling such a difficult issue and giving us some great advice. 